Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Dishes and Dimes. We wanted to take this opportunity at the top of the show to acknowledge what's going on in the world. We too saw the video of George Floyd and we're outraged. And we're outraged that so often we need video before the conversation of justice can even be had, like with the Maude Arbery. Or when we have video, like with George Floyd and countless of black people before him, it still takes so long for an arrest to be made. Three out of the four officers involved in George Floyd's murder have yet to be arrested. And when we don't have video, like with Regis Krachinski Paquette here in Toronto and Brianna Taylor, the lack of hope or optimism we feel in any justice being had is why people protest. These protests aren't just about police brutality, but about systemic racism as a whole. They're from men like Leonard Rodriguez, a black PSW in Toronto who died due to COVID and was discharged from the hospital two days before his death. Far too often, black and indigenous people aren't given proper care in hospital. Here in Dishes and Dimes, we created a platform for a diverse group of women because we saw the need for female voices. And so the onus is on us covering a predominantly black league to make sure we're using our voices to speak up and speak out. And we hope that you're doing the same. We hope that you're protesting if you have the ability to, donating if you have the ability to, and making sure you stay up to date and informed and have these uncomfortable conversations with as many people as you can. And today we hope you enjoy our podcast as a nice little reprieve from the horrors of the world where we delve into the fantasy of the NBA possibly returning. My name is Iman, and I was joined by Yasmin and Katie. I hope you enjoy. Thanks. We're going to discuss um, the proposals to restart the season and the different formats for the playoffs that we've been seeing floating around on Twitter. And we're just going to kind of share opinions and thoughts regarding all of this. So the first thing I think we should talk about is the proposal to restart in Disney World. I think that's like kind of where everyone has accepted it's going to happen. It started off as like an article I saw on Twitter. I forgot who's the exact guy who wrote it. Do you guys remember who it was? Probably Robin he's... Lopez. <laughs> I, I, I think, <laughs> I think, um, he's not a... I, he writes about the Bucks a lot, but I don't think he's a... I think he writes for that division um, in particular. I don't um, but anyways, it started off with him like just thinking that the, if the league was to restart, this location would be most ideal because it is um, kind of... Um, it's a bubble, really. Um, mm-hmm. you, they're really kind of strictly control who comes in and out of the location, whereas that wouldn't be the same if it was somewhere like Vegas. So, and then that has kind of just become the, the talk, like ev- everything that I'm reading kind of points towards that. So what are your guys' thoughts on the location, the whole idea of the NBA restarting, and the date that's floating around today on Twitter is July 31st. So I guess we'll go with Katie first. 
Um, I think at first, like, my feeling was this is super weird. But then the more I actually thought about it, it was like, actually, it's like, it's probably the only time anyone's ever thought like, oh, Disney World, very practical. Like when you compare it to <laughs> Las Vegas, just in terms of like how you would kind of clamp down on everything, even like travel, like, for, like to and from arenas, like if they can stay within a park, it obviously seems a lot safer. Um, there's obviously like the questions too of like who's going with them is it like players exclusively i really hope they don't bring their families um and like how small they can actually make these like quote unquote bubbles that we keep hearing about and how they'll be enforced too and like the inherent risk i think that's inevitable in restarting something with like even if it's just like bare minimum of people you got to think of like the team trainers like uh like front office staff like i don't know just yeah yeah, exactly. And like Florida's a mess. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not like I don't feel uh, great about it, but I mean, I would be a big hypocrite and probably lying if I said, you know, I won't watch it once it does start. And of all the bad options, it seems like the best worst option. <laughs> no, I understand what you mean. Yeah. How about you, Emma? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the middle of a pandemic, the worst place I would think to be would be Florida. Like, if you had to give me a list of places to avoid during a pandemic, Florida would probably be at the top of my list. But I, I understand why the NBA is doing it. And I'm cautiously optimistic. I think if, like, a month ago, if someone had mentioned the NBA starting on July 31st, I would have been like, well, that's bound to fail. Or, like, that's never going to happen. And it, it seems more realistic now, and I'm cautiously optimistic. But... I'm also terrified that this is going to like crash and burn and go up in flames and because it has there's so much risk involved here and I don't know that I'm at the point now where I think the the reward <laughs> outweighs the risk like I don't it just feels too risky and I'd like to see how the NBA can handle it I mean mm-hmm. they have a million different resources and you know they they have the funding they clearly have the tests we knew that back in march that if you know nba players need to get tests they they have the ability to um but it it feels like a lot to be doing this to sort of be monitoring this especially if they bring their families on board and a bubble just seems impossible to me how like how are you really creating a bubble there are going to be people coming in and out of there they need food, they need resources, they need things like you cannot just sort of close them off entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm scared, but I'm also cautiously optimistic because I, like everyone, am like, kind of itching for basketball to come back. But, you know, not at the risk of anyone's health. I, I think they like when when they really started to ramp up the rumors and the, you know, the video calls and stuff with um, GMs from other teams, I kind of. Just think they accepted the risk that everything can crash and burn. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think they've just made like that. They they weighed their options and said and kind of said to themselves that we're okay with the possibility that this can be just like a, a complete disaster. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the only way you could do this with a straight face because the um, rational choice would be to cancel the season. <laughs> like, I think that would be. <laughs> most idea like for this not to happen at all and for them to just kind of delay the next season and restart when there is when the risk of the virus has completely gone or at least until um there is um a a viable treatment or vaccine for this but they kind of just 
shown to us that they cannot wait that long. They want to take advantage of the fact that everybody's at home right now and they are already losing a lot of money um, from not being able to sell tickets. So they want to at least make what they can from viewership and from the hundreds of millions that would be watching the games if it were to restart. So it's kind of a mess like, when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's precedented. There's never been like, this has never happened. Like I, I was just saying it earlier to Katie where this is like, there's no protocol for this. They don't know what the hell they're doing either. So seeing them kind of wing it and make it up on the go, it's going to kind of be telling and it'll also kind of allow them the opportunity to try out new things. Like we were just talking about this earlier where they were thinking about new ways to present the playoffs and this would be a good opportunity for them to try out different brackets and seedings and whatnot um in regards to doing like a one through 16 or one through eight on each side and all that nonsense and having a play-in tournament for teams that are vying for eight spots on either conference so Mm -hmm. yeah what do you what do you guys think about that in a perfect world where everything just sort of worked out perfectly for the nba And, you know, they managed to keep COVID outside of their bubble in in Orlando. How would the ideal playoffs look? Katie, what do you think? I mean, (laughs) I think, like, I think it's been interesting to see how many people have, like, and I think it's just due to, like, time on everyone's hands, but, like, sincere ideas of, like, new, entirely new, like, um, seedings and, like, like, strategies and determination for the the season to continue my feeling is just like why don't you just try the simplest one um (laughs) and like try that because it's not like people won't watch right you don't have to like make it more exciting um and i think people might want the comfort honestly of like the most straightforward option at this point like if they're Mm -hmm. gonna be watching so i do like i don't know i don't like directly to playoffs because it feels kind of abrupt and i I'm like a Libra through and through. So I feel like there should be some fairness and like balance (laughs) potentially to like the teams that that still haven't clinched yet, but like might have a a shot of making it. Also, like for the other teams, like I think they need a few games to get their feet wet. You know what I mean? It's going to look so, yeah, it's going to look so clunky and like sloppy (laughs) at first anyway. So you almost want to have like a week of like exhibition games. Can you come that with the Raptors um, history of game one? Like, can you imagine? (laughs) Oh my gosh. When someone proposed the idea of like a single game elimination, I was like, time out. That's just only a game one. And that's just not fair. Yeah, bunch that don't count. Absolutely. Yeah, shout out to Emma J. Brown who pointed out that there's actually no Libra on the Toronto Raptors. So, um, oh, he is, we need we need more of that energy. It's super upsetting. weird. <laughs> <laughs> there's just no balance um, on the Raptors. I just want to say to your point, Katie, about just keeping everything sort of normal. I think that Adam Silver. Honestly, based on the other podcasts that I've been listening to, uh, like Brian Windhorst and Wojnarowski's and The Low Post, like they've kind of been pushing that like Adam Silver hates this idea of there possibly being an asterisk on this season. And no matter what happens, there will be. Mm-hmm. But if they go into this like wacky kind of season and they open up different ports, he's scared based off of what they're saying, that the asterisk will just be bigger. And so they kind like there is this want to reduce that while still mm-hmm. also wanting to try new things. So it's very possible that he'll try something different. But I think the fear from the NBA, maybe not Adam Silver specifically, but the fear from the NBA is that the wackier this playoffs get, 
the bigger the asterisk is at the end of the season. Yeah, I was I was thinking like it's already kind of dis- destabilizing enough being having the league abruptly end for like a couple of months in the middle, like well not the middle, but like the latter third of the season, and then you have a whole new playoff format to add to that. I feel like the players would be even more unstable. Like if the one through sixteen proposal goes forward. They're going to be playing teams that they've encountered maybe twice a year for the past, like, forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Teams mm-hmm. whose systems they're not familiar with at all. Like, it's, if anything, you want to try and make it as normal as possible. I don't know. But at the same time, this is the best opportunity for them to try new things. So, you know, I'm not really sure how to go about it. I feel like there's no right or wrong way. It kind of just matters about what you, what you value going forward. Yeah, because I mean, the hope would just be like, this is a one and done thing, right? I'm sure it's like something, whatever they choose, even if it goes like really well, it might just be something they're like, nobody's ever going to want to repeat this just because of all the, like, it reminds people of just like this awful time, you know what I mean? So I think like whatever they decide, they've just sort of got to commit to it and just know like, yeah, it is inevitably kind of a weird season. Like Iman, as you said, I, I bet he doesn't want the asterisks on the season. I've gotten in a couple of fights with with people who've said like, oh, this, you know, this title won't count. But like, of course, it's going to count to the team that wins. And I, I don't <laughs> think you should discount it just because it's like happened in such a weird way. Um, but yeah, like whatever they pick, they're never going to come back to it again. <laughs> I think, you know, the title doesn't count if the Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, or, of course. Yes. Um, <laughs> seven pitches win it. Um, outside of that, it's a real title. It counts, guys. Um, but I think, you know, just for people who are listening in that don't actually know what some of these other proposals are, um, we should probably get into them a little bit. So the basic one that we keep talking about just sort of going into is the standard one through eight in the East and one through eight um, in the West, just playing that regularly, having seven game series. The possibility of having a five game series for the first round, I think is possible. I don't know that the NBA I mean, I'm sure it's something they'll look into, but I think TV TV money is something that they're interested in right now. So that's that's one. The second one, which is something that people have been calling for for a long time. So I think if they were to switch to this, it's something that would probably stick. I don't I don't know that they would really move away from it. So it kind of feels it kind of feels like if they're going into the one to 16, that's the one I'm referring to right now, where you throw out the Eastern Conference and Western Conference and you just see teams one through 16 based off of record there. I should say based off of, see, that one's a little bit difficult though, because I think with that one through 16, there's two things to it. There's, if you're doing one through 16, are you kicking out the seven and eight seed in the Eastern Conference or are you including them in? So I think there's certain things that the NBA has to sort of work out and I am interested in what you guys have to think about it but that's the second one would you guys be interested in seeing that at all I I actually like the idea of um of a one through 16 even though like the logistics are almost impossible <laughs> like just having a team make a seven hour flight in the scheme of like a seven game series is crazy but um yeah. like I, I just love the idea of having conferences during the regular season just to make a simple for travel reasons but then having a one through 16 in the playoffs like that's such a cool idea to me playing a team that the coaching is not familiar with whose systems they don't know like the back of their hands like I feel like that'll just make for a more interesting series and also like 
I don't know. I just feel like the matchups have potential to be so much more interesting than like having, you know, I feel like the Raptors played the same handful of teams for like a decade. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it can kind of get exhausting. So I feel like for viewership reasons, one through 16 can be so interesting. And there, I feel like there are so many fans on the, I feel like people on the East Coast are kind of more willing to watch games that air really late of like, you know, the LA teams and whatnot. But I don't think that energy is kind of matched from the top. <laughs> I feel like the West are like genuinely not familiar with a lot of teams on the East. Like, is that due to timing know. or is that because the Eastern Conference sucks? Just like in general. I feel like the Eastern Conference's games air during like work hours in yeah, the true. West. And then the Western Conference games air during like bedtime hours during the weekdays. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like I feel like people make an effort to stay up and watch LA games and, you know, but do you oh, think watch. if the NBA moved to the 1 through 16 for, for this playoffs that it's something they would keep moving forward? Or do you think they would be like, well, we tried it out. We placated all you internet nerds who've been pushing for this for years. Now let's go back to regular in, in the after years. It depends on how it turns out. If people are just you know fascinated by it, if it creates great competition and creates new um, feuds and everything, just things that keep the content going, I feel like it's going to remain but yeah. yeah this is the opportunity to try out these new things and then kind of record the results i'm kind of bitter as a raptor fan because if we had one through 16 seating a while ago we wouldn't have dealt with lebron james every single year like, exactly. i just feel like that just wouldn't have been there um but yeah i think i I don't think that the 1 through 16 and the, the testing it out this year can really show the nba much because like to your point, travel is the biggest thing yeah. um, where they're not traveling here. So they don't have to worry about cross country flights or even international flights, you know, in the case of the Raptors. But I will say, like, I think if they did move to that, there's possibly different ways that they could format the playoffs. Like they can move to what they do in the finals, which is doing that two, three, two which kind of benefits the the lesser team in that in that uh, scenario. But they can do that 2-3-2 two, two format that they used to do in the finals where um, the team that is the higher seed, the team with home court, has the first two games at home. And then the next three games are on the team that does not have home court. They play the next three games there, and then they fly back to the team with home court, and they play the last two games there if it's necessary. So that way they're reducing travel because that's what they used to do for the finals when it would be, you know, Boston and L.A. and these teams that exist across the country. So that could be, I don't know, something possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. But what, what was the other, um, I saw seating and bracket proposals. What was the other mm-hmm. side? There was one through 16. So, yeah. and then... so the last one that we have yet to mention is the one that's kind of wildest. It's um, the one that uh, comes from the World Cup. Uh, I was calling it World Series earlier, but you know what? Baseball, soccer is just not basketball, so it's a sport that doesn't matter. Um, but it's the the World Cup format where the NBA is going to separate teams by groups. So there will be four groups, and in those groups, there will be five different tiers. And so that way you're allowing 20 teams to be a part of this as opposed to uh, 16, because I think an issue with moving it to the 1 through 16 format is, like I mentioned earlier, you're allowing teams in the East that have lesser records than teams in the West to get in because 
you can't just say, hey, you know what, Brooklyn, I know you were in the playoffs this entire time, but actually you're not in it anymore. Like, you can't say that. You can't just change the rules in the middle of the season. So they would more than likely be a part of the playoff seeding, whereas the Portland Trailblazers would not, even if they have a better record. So, um, so I think this allows for the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Spurs uh, to all be a part of the the playoffs because it is four different groups and five different tiers. So it allows for 20 teams and it allows for kind of a regular season almost because you're playing games in that first bit. Um, So group one will play amongst each other, group two amongst each other, so on and so forth. And then the two best teams out of that, so the two teams with the highest record, would go on to the next stage, which would be set up like an actual playoff series. So it's a little bit confusing. I'd probably explain that in the most convoluted way, but do you guys kind of get what I was explaining there? Yeah, I get it. I don't know if it's like the right, the right one, you know, like I I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's like making it too crazy. I think like, you know, um, Yasmin, like you had a really good point about the travel, like that is like, if you're going to try out something new, at least make it something that, you know, they have evidence of working in the past or isn't such a stretch to try out like an experimentation of something you could potentially use later on. Um, yeah, but this one, this one's just a little too wild to me. Yeah, just it feels like reaching to mm-hmm. put the Pelicans into the playoffs. Like, it feels like that's what the NBA is doing. Yeah. It is reaching. Well, yeah. And <laughs> I saw this bracket where it was so clear that they were trying to get like some sort of finals with the two LA teams. <laughs> like, I saw one where it was so explicit. And I will say, all the all these um like brackets and charts that I've been seeing, I actually like the Raptors' pathways in all of them. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like in all of them I've seen, they've avoided the Bucks, they've avoided the Sixers, and they've avoided the Clippers. Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of beautiful. Like, imagine yeah. going to the finals and not having to face um, the teams that kind of create matchup problems for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I honestly, I think, I think it's going to be the one through 16 seeding because that just puts the Raptors with the Lakers in the conference finals. And yeah. if the last five years have taught me anything is that the Raptors are not going to lose to any team that doesn't have LeBron James. Yeah. That's it. Like the Raptors have only <laughs> lost to LeBron James in the playoffs in the last five years. And I just feel like we're, that's not going to end now. Can you that's true. If it happens again. Of all the years, <laughs> right? Like of all the years for it to happen. I saw something, there was like a report, ESPN published a report that said a majority of the NBA GMs favor um, that's straight to playoffs, like direct 16 teams, direct to really? playoffs option. Yeah. I thought they would hate it. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder, wonder why. Like, Maybe we, I feel like they need some, like maybe, Oh, I, I understand that. I think they're going to need like a preseason thing first though. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so they're like, don't something... make those games count. And yeah. then yeah, there they, we go. If you're putting them straight into the playoffs. That means they're going to start straight into the playoffs. So if they do that with 16 teams, they would definitely need some sort of like five game preseason for mm-hmm. them to remember how to play basketball. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like I, I sometimes kind of wonder how often they need to play in order to have to retain that muscle memory and that chemistry. You know what I mean? Like, how do they feel right now being holed up in condos without their own personal gyms and stuff? You know what I mean? Some players are lucky enough to have a personal gym or a building gym or access to their um, uh, practice facility. But for those who don't like, 
I feel like they're going to need some time. Who knows? Yeah, like, like, I go outside and I forget what, like, looking directly at the sun does to me. Like, I'm just like, this is all new. <laughs> like, or, like, how to, like, to yeah, like, how to have conversations with, with people in passing. Like, what's Do I, like? make eye contact? Yeah. <laughs> and, and for how long? I think, like, also, like, that's a good point because some of these teams, like, you know, bless the Raptors, but, like, not all of these teams get along as well or I think as, like, like instantly you know if they were reunited i think they've like got to work at it and like a lot of them don't necessarily like keep in touch with each other or haven't been maybe like during this time i wonder like for a team like the sixers like a team without that veteran who's been on the squad for years like who's keeping them together like is the coach doing that like i honestly think that if you don't have someone doing that and the coach is not ensuring or even the gm is not ensuring that something like that's happening then they're not doing their jobs Mm -hmm. like i have to imagine that all these guys are in communication with each other i think there might have allegedly been rumors that like lebron's been holding practices like i think these guys are taking it seriously especially especially the playoff teams right like i'm sure the the teams that have no shot at the playoffs probably haven't even talked to their coach in like weeks (laughs) but um i i think the playoff teams and teams that have actual title aspirations and i think that there are a lot of them this year are doing the work to you know, maintain their bodies and to um, be ready for the playoffs when they do happen. Yeah, it's funny because that whole asterisk talk, like for fans, it's a valid argument. But for players, like a ring is a ring is a ring. They don't give like they don't care. That's why they're playing. Like that's that's what that call was, right? Like that that giant call that they all had with like all those superstars. It was because they recognized that they needed to win a ring. Like LeBron James is in his mid thirties; he's not letting another one slip by. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know the Bucks have another year with Giannis that they need to put to use. Like all of these yeah. teams understand that this is like, if anything, to them they probably see it more of an opportunity. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. This is the year for a dark horse team. Like if there was any year. This is the one. Yeah, like I'm going through the list right now. Like the Bucks are definitely like Giannis is Giannis. Jimmy Butler is not letting the Miami Heat do anything that he's oh not approved God. of. Jimmy Butler like works out for, like six hours a day. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's like, like I don't like, at all. Four o'clock in the morning, and it's like, uh, <laughs> sir, we're all on lockdown. Jim is your house. <laughs> I love how Jimmy Butler, like, he'll, he'll make sure we know how hard is he's working. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> and then you have, like, OKC. Like, Chris Paul's not letting them, like, you know. And you have the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard's got them. Like, I trust Rick Carlisle for the Dallas Mavericks. I trust yeah. the Boston Celtics. I think the Sixers recognize that they have real title aspirations. And I imagine... Like, I, I'd hope for their sake that they uh, are keeping in check, but who knows with anything with the Sixers. Um, the Lakers have LeBron. The Nets are not real title contenders. They don't count unless, you know, KD comes back. Um, the Jazz are in disarray. Um, <laughs> the Jazz are ground zero. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel the true. The Jazz just, <laughs> like, it, this has been a terrible couple of months for all of us. This has been a really terrible couple of months for the Utah Jazz. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. Then like, you've got... The Rocket, and we saw Harden looking super trim and slim there. The Raptors, we know they're keeping it together. I trust the Grizzlies. I have no idea what the Nuggets are doing. Like, you could tell me anything about the Nuggets. I'm like, (laughs) I saw the video of Jamal Murray. I know what he's doing. Um, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea about the rest of that team. I I read that Jokic went back to Serbia. Yeah, he did. What if if he comes back and looks like a different man? Like, I, I I wonder about Jokic and Embiid. Like, I wonder how they're going to come back because we know that they like to they like to play themselves into shape, like, throughout the season. 
So yeah. I wonder what a couple months off, like how it worked for them. So it's it's gonna be interesting seeing. Well, I'm I'm so interested to see all the teams come back with like, like they're haven't gotten a haircut in months, <laughs> have just been you know using their cycle in their condo. Like that's all they've been doing. Like I'm so interested to see how everyone looks. That's the thing. Like the NBA is really going to have to put in those like preseason type games because everyone is gonna look like a mess and that's just like they're just gonna start injuring themselves like it becomes an actual health issue when you have guys who are not in game shape mm-hmm. yeah yeah i still wouldn't mind if they aired those <laughs> oh yeah like i'm ready for any i watched the espn horse thing like i am itching for anything that was the worst production i have ever seen in my life I kind of like, I liked it only because the production was so different depending on who was doing it. You know what I mean? Like some were so polished, like, uh, like my Conley's was like his, his gym was like his home court is like beautiful. And then like Paul Pierce's was like a mess, you know, yeah. <laughs> like unfair, first of all. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> for, for the games, like when they, when they do come back, there aren't going to be any fans in the arena, right? So no. How is that going to affect the production? Because I read that Disney owns ESPN. So I'm thinking for the actual like footage, the actual in-game footage, like are they going to try and cut out the empty seats? Are they going to give us real like close-ups? Are we going to get like super high quality cinematic footage? Like (laughs) I'm actually so fascinated. Like do you remember those angles they used to use in the early 2000s like from the sideline that always yeah. goes around Twitter, I don't like, like that like I, I'm, I'm talking about just in general those, <laughs> no those I know new, those new um angles and frames that we saw like back then like are they gonna try and get real like crazy with the production like I'm I'm, I'm super fascinated I feel like that's the angle they're gonna take if there aren't any fans I don't think they're gonna let it look like a summer league game I hope not because like everyone knows it's not like you're you're like oh like and also I think I think we'd have to see like I don't know I know they've said like there's enough facilities um, and like courts at Disney to play but like I can't picture where or like what they look like so I like I don't I wonder if they look more like a college well I guess an American college stadium is huge anyway so like yeah i'm picturing like a canadian (laughs) stadium like on a smaller scale or are they like gigantic yeah i have to imagine they have the space for something crazy if they're small then maybe it's like a bit easier but i i wonder i was wondering about this but in terms of like team psyche and like which teams are gonna suffer more (laughs) from like not having the background of like white noise and like being in their own heads you know you think they pump like nba arenas are notorious for pumping in fake noise do they do something like that they were doing that with soccer in europe yeah back like a, a week ago or two weeks ago and they were pumping in fake cheer so i'm interested to see how this emptiness like affects um free throw percentages like i'm fascinated <laughs> like is pascal gonna be shooting 60 percent from three like i'm wondering <laughs> all of these things dwight howard just becomes the best free throw shooter like all those years us hearing about him being the best <laughs> free throw shooter in practice just come to fruition now that fans aren't in the arena <laughs> <laughs> They can cover like the um the seats. Like, what if they cover it with like a green screen, <laughs> or, <laughs> like project various images <laughs> onto it? Like, they I just don't know. have like a Zoom meeting, like going a Zoom on. background. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they just have like all our little heads in there. <laughs> I 
I don't know. It's going to be funny. I what don't do you know. think I'm they're going to do on the court? Because I, I was thinking about that as well. Like, do you think they'll do projections on the ground? So if it's a Raptors quote-unquote home game, would they project the Raptors logo on the ground? Do they get, like, decals from, like, AliExpress? Because I guarantee they have them. <laughs> um, like, what, what do they do for that? I feel like this is an opportunity to get kind of crazy with the production. Like, who's t- like regardless, 100 100- <laughs> 170 million people are going to watch these like it's going to get really like it's going to be like a Super Bowl every day with the playoff um, like viewership I feel like regardless they're going to take this opportunity to like just go crazy with the production I don't know because if anything like they're going to have access I feel like to like maybe they'll have access to better I don't know like better production teams and camera guys and lighting like it's going to get really wild and like Listen, I don't trust ESPN after they put out horse. Like after that, <laughs> I'm just my my feelings on their production <laughs> value when they're given full creativity is very low. <laughs> I have ideas. ESPN, if you want, get at me. <laughs> I hope it's more like uh, yeah, like AV heavy versus like wrapping, like vinyl wrapping of the court. Just because I was thinking like how many more people? One, it seems kind of wasteful, and like two, how many more people would they have to bring in to do that? Right? Like more people just like within the bubbles or whatever. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. I can't even pretend to know or anticipate like like how everything's gonna look how it's gonna turn out they can get incredibly creative yeah or I wonder if they do anything like like is it even gonna be live that's what I'm wondering like are they gonna do post-production like oh my god <laughs> it's crazy like this is unprecedented what are they gonna do I guess they could I mean I think it depends how heavily D- Disney's involved you know they got they got the power to do that kind of stuff because <laughs> aren't fans do they have to even air it live like i have so many questions now some of these games are going to be on tnt who doesn't own disney so i think the difference between like what those espn games are going to look like versus what the tnt games are going to look like would be interesting as well mm-hmm. oh i just meant because they're like physically if they're physically at disney oh yeah how okay. closely is disney involved if if at uh, all that seems like an unfair advantage to the orlando magic who the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, their land gives them power or something. <laughs> I have no idea. It's all home games for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, they draw like a natural power from the swamps surrounding Disney World. <laughs> from that flood um, of heat. So something we haven't talked about that, you know, has been sort of bandied around. We, we mentioned it a little bit, which is the idea of a play-in tournament. We talked about how in the group stages you can have 20 teams and you can have, you know, that way of, of allowing those teams who didn't make the playoffs in. But there's also this idea of actually just having a play-in tournament for the teams who didn't make it so that we can pull. So you can still do that regular playoff seeding, the one through eight, but the seven and eight team might not be the Brooklyn Nets and the Orlando Magic. It could be another team that has missed the playoffs but gets a chance now because of this tournament. What do you guys think about the idea of something like that? Mm. I'll be honest. I don't fully understand it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that they were trying to do it. um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I feel like early this season or last year, I don't remember. Last year, yeah. There were some proposals to do a play-in tournament, um, to do like um, uh, mid-season tournaments. Like there are a (laughs) bunch of proposals that were laid on the table for like 2021 2022 um and one of them was the play-in tournament and i from what i can remember it was like a a 
the seventh place through ninth place tournament, mini tournament in the season, um, where with where the ninth place team would the ninth place team would um, like play against the seventh place team, and then the winner of that would play the eighth seed. And it, like mm-hmm. for some reason, like it would basically give an opportunity to the ninth seed team to um, get into the um, one through eight bracket. But like, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't hate the I, idea. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm torn. I'm torn. <laughs> I'm torn. Yeah, I'm torn as well because on the one hand, I think the less teams that are involved in this, the safer for everybody because you're talking about you know a playoff roster, and then you're talking about coaching staff and their families mm. potentially. So the, the less teams that you have, the safer it is for everybody. But also, if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, you didn't earn that like you didn't earn that eighth spot. You know what I mean? Like the Portland Trailblazers, the San Antonio Spurs started the season under this idea that they had to play 81 games to determine who was going to make that seven and eight seed. So to now cut it off short seems unfair to those teams to be like, well, now you're not in the playoffs because this and this happened. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Like just, yeah, I didn't think of it in that way. How it kind of would be kind of sliding to the teams that, you know, had already like secured the eighth seed and had like worked pretty hard on their record to get there, especially because things seem to even out so much like towards like the bottom, the yeah. bottom half of, of each conference, like just in terms of like records. So like, I don't hate it just for, for like opportunity. And I mean, I love like an underdog kind of like dark horse story, you know, yeah. being, and like them being able to make it. Um, and it might be the year for it, but I'd also wonder like if those teams would want that if they were like, well, if it's like a 50-50 chance oh, or less that we would make it, then is it like worthwhile for us? I mean, these like these teams want the playoffs to start. So to me, that means that their owners and the coaching staff want playoff games. They want revenue. They want mm-hmm. uh, games. They want to be a playoff team. I'm sure like Pop is like, yeah, let's continue the Spurs record. Why stop it now? I imagine, you know, if the Kings had a, a super outside shot, what are they, the 11 seed? If it was if it was being opened up or the, the something seed to to even go that far, I mean, Vivek Ranadive would give like a pinky up to to be a playoff <laughs> team. So I'm, I'm assuming these guys would want it. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea, but I like I don't know how I feel about because it, it was be, it would matter in the West. Right. It wouldn't really matter in the East. Yeah. Doing a sort of playoff uh, play in tournament like. For the West, that seventh to ninth spot, like that range, it's like a, a war zone. So I, yeah. I, I feel like the, I don't know how I feel about it being so lopsided because I don't know. I feel like it just kind of open it up. Then. I think open it up. Like what? Ugh, I just the idea of East and West at this point feels so arbitrary. Just like yeah. hey, if you're gonna open it up to the ninth seed, like make it open up to the 11 seed in the west because i think the 11 seed in the west is better than the ninth seed in the east just like double it down and forget the eastern conference because the washington wizards do not deserve to be in the playoffs at all no matter how you spin it they just don't deserve to be there yeah like <laughs> sorry bradley beal you don't deserve and uh, does bradley beal even want to be in the playoffs like that's probably one person where it's like I you're not gonna have john wall there's no point <laughs> you know like buddy Heald's never been there has he has buddy Heald been in the playoffs i don't think so like the kings are like yes let's be there let's do something whereas the wizards you've been there you've done that and you're not very good at it so just stay home (laughs) just stay home it's okay (laughs) um so 
does that wrap it up for us? I think that's everything. Feels like it. Isn't it so much fun to talk basketball, you guys? I know it, it is. Really missed you guys. <laughs> I miss you guys too. Right? We were yeah, like Katie was just saying we were really on a roll and then this happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was it was like it was so crazy. It like kind of puts into perspective that you can never really count on anything. Cause I remember just sort of going through my phone and looking at the rapper schedule and being like, whoa, March is super difficult this is gonna be such a tough month and like kind of planning out games and like figuring stuff out and then none of it happened and i'm like my entire calendar is just gone to complete shit because of something that i i, I don't know did not expect Literally, the most like fun season in recent memory yeah like, this had to like this Mom, season was a blast watch and to talk about and to read about it was so fun and then this yeah. happened <laughs> but it's okay Hopefully, um, the if if it does end up restarting, it will be as um, interesting and fascinating as the regular season. I, I have a feeling that this is going to be so, so interesting. Like, yeah. I feel like it's gonna whether it's a mess, whether it's um, <laughs> just refreshing and everything. Like, whatever happens, it's going to be very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is only an asterisk season if the Boston Celtics finish better than the Toronto Raptors. Other than that, this was a real season, and the playoffs were very, very, very real. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was I was like, okay, when this ends, I'm going to say that if the Raptors win um, the Larry OB, it's going to be the most meaningful championship of all time. <laughs> of all time. Exactly, exactly. It will be the most meaningful 2P in NBA history, but if any other team wins, it is an asterisk-laden nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, otherwise... I have my argument laid out, like, just ready, but, like, they had to prepare during the offseason. Everyone was in quarantine, and they kept their bodies right, and they kept in communication, and they you know, pulled it out of the end. And if they lose, it's garbage. I'm ready for that narrative. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to fight. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's everything. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>